Dick. Great to have you on the show again. The Chiefs overcame the Bills and the Lions beat the Buccaneers. What did you make of the two playoff games, mate? Well, let's start. Uh, I mean, let, let's start with that uh, that Lions game, or excuse me, the the Forty ers game uh, against the Packers. I mean, the wrong team won that football game, guys. I mean, Brock Purdy for three quarters was the worst player on the field, and he nearly cost his team the game. And to his credit, he came back and did a nice job in the fourth quarter and led them on that game-winning touchdown drive. But the, the Packers played, outplayed the 49ers. And it gives me a little bit of pause going forward with the 49ers, who I have always thought was my Super Bowl favorite. It gives me a little bit of pause that if Debo Samuel is not able to play or if he is, you know, comes into a game and then has to be pulled out of a game due to injury – can the 49ers win? Um, I think they can. I, I think they can beat the Lions in the championship game. But can they go all the way and beat the winner of the Ravens Chiefs? I think that is uh, that is yet to be uh, decided. Lamar Jackson was excellent as always in the in the win over the Texans. Um, Lamar gets his second playoff win of his career. Now he has his stiffest test of his playoff career going up against Kansas City in that Chiefs-Bills game. CBS is reporting that uh, 50 million people watched the Chiefs-Bills game on Sunday night football. Uh, just uh, unbelievable numbers there. But uh, Kansas City, uh, you know, gets the benefit of a missed field goal. Buffalo cost themselves with a fake punt, which was a, just a horrendous decision by uh, by Sean McDermott. But the right team won that game because, remember, McCole Hardman fumbled at the one-yard line. It went out of bounds. Um, it, I think it's a terrible rule in the NFL where a fumbling uh, player loses possession of the ball if they fumble it out of the end zone. But if they fumble it out of bounds in the field of play, they get the ball back. I just don't see the – I don't see any consistency in that rule. So something may be changed there. But uh, the Lions, good on them for beating the Buccaneers, did what they should do. Uh, that game, the, the spread came down to that two-point conversion, didn't it? Uh, I had the Buccaneers plus six and a half. Buccaneers uh, down eight, go for two. Uh, we cover if they get it. They didn't, and uh, we didn't cover that one, unfortunately. Yeah, Dick, what about uh, Debo Samuels? Why have this year in particular, they've lost with, without him, and they struggled without him the other day. Um, what, what is it about him that makes them so good? I think it's the, it's the way that Kyle Shanahan uses him in concert with Christian McCaffrey in the run game. Um, that's what makes that offense go because now you're really taking all the pressure off of Brock Purdy. When you can run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, you've got a secondary option either via the run with Debo Samuel or via the short pass with Debo Samuel, screen passes and such. And then you have a third option in George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk as a, as a wide receiver option. It just, it, it just works in concert. Now you take Debo out of there defenses can focus more attention on Christian McCaffrey. Um, Ayuk's a good receiver. He's not a game-breaking receiver. Kittle is not the, t- the tight end he used to be as he's getting older. So that puts more pressure on the quarterback, Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy has not shown that uh, you know he is able to win games for the 49ers. He is able to manage games for the 49ers and help the 49ers get wins. But uh, he has not shown the consistent ability to come from behind and win games. He did a co- he had to come from behind this last week. We give him credit for that final drive. Um, I don't think that's sustainable though when the when the competition gets greater as it will in the Super Bowl if they can get by the Lions. I think they could still beat the Lions 
without Debo Samuel. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl without Debo Samuel. Well, obviously they're going off over there in Detroit because they're now one game away from the Super Bowl. But if, say, Jared Goff was able to take Detroit into another <laughs> Super Bowl. I, I mean, I'm not a big rap on Goff. I think he's an okay player. But, I mean, not many players get to go to two Super Bowls as a quarterback. No, that's fair. And with two different teams, I think that's I think that's well said. And Jared Goff is a guy that I think was stuck in a bad situation for a long time. He was a very talented player in college, a very uh, you know high, highly drafted player, and it just didn't work for him for a while. He was he was miscast. Uh, he was mishandled in his early years as a as an NFL quarterback. And then he gets put with Sean McVay, and then he goes to Detroit. I thought once he went to Detroit, things would kind of start falling off again for uh for for Jared Goff because uh he struggled early in his career with the Rams before McVay showed up he goes to Detroit and then all of a sudden he's able to click with this offense and uh you know their offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has done a remarkable job in the last two years with Jared Goff and uh, Ben Johnson is actually a guy that the my Seattle Seahawks are looking closely at and going to have an interview with uh, for the head coaching job because, uh, you know, he is a young guy that's led now Jared Goff to 59 touchdowns and just 19 interceptions in his two years as offensive coordinator. Dick, who's in your Super Bowl? Can the Chiefs beat the Ravens? And how are the 49ers going to go against the Lions? Yeah, the, the Chiefs can beat the Ravens. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, has lost uh, multiple games to Tom Brady in the playoffs, but other than that, he's 13-1 and against everybody else, and I don't think Tom Brady's playing for the, for the Baltimore Ravens, but Lamar Jackson is, and uh, I think the Ravens are the appropriate favorite in this game. Yeah. I put a small wager down because I got the hook with Kansas City. I got him at three and a half yesterday, and Patrick Mahomes as an underdog just covers at an ungodly rate. Um, I, I just... Until I see the Chiefs go down in the playoffs, I'm just not going to buy it. So um, while if I had to bet my house on who's going to win the game, I would say Baltimore probably will win the game. But getting that hook in the three and a half, that's just was too good for me to pass up. So I'm, I'm kind of looking for uh, for my uh, probably a Baltimore three-point win in that game. But I'll be cheering for the Chiefs. I always cheer for Mahomes. My daughter loves Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, so uh, the, the Fane family will be cheering for, for the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Well, I, I, I know you love Mahomes. So are you saying if you had a choice of bringing Mahomes or Lamar Jackson to the Seahawks, you'd take Patrick Mahomes every day of the week? Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah no, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Lamar Jackson is the best athlete at quarterback in the NFL, fo- uh, closely followed by... Josh Allen, I mean, I think if Josh Allen had John Harbaugh as his head coach instead of Sean McDermott as his head coach, you just flip those guys, you put Josh Allen on the Ravens and Lamar Jackson on the Bills, I think the Ravens win the Super Bowl with Josh Allen. I mean, I just think I think he is a consummate quarterback. I mean, he makes some bad decisions downfield, but he's not afraid to make those plays, and I just think – I think Sean McDermott's held the Bills back. I think he made an absolutely horrendous call that maybe uh, cost that football team the game on Sunday by faking a punt in his own. I mean, if you're going to if you want to go for it on fourth and five, do you have a better chance with Josh Allen getting five yards or do you have a better chance of DeMar Hamlin on a fake punt getting five yards? I mean, that to me just was bizarre. 
So a follow-up to that point, we've got a couple of questions through on the text line that we'll touch on quickly from an NFL side of things now that we've already got your tips. So this one from Johnny at Young. The Bills blew it again, working inside two minutes and in the red zone. They should have worked the clock and scored the TD. Do you agree they need a new head coach? A quick one there. I do. I really do. I don't think I don't, I don't think they're going to get a new head coach. I think Sean McDermott's going to stay there in Buffalo. But, I, you know, offensive head coaches, so guys that have come from an offensive background, usually offensive coordinators, like we just mentioned Ben Johnson potentially becoming a head coach here. He's the offensive coordinator of the Lions. Twelve of the 14 teams in the NFL this year that made the playoffs had offensive head coaches. You've got three offensive head coaches out of the four coaches left, John Harbaugh being the exception, but he wasn't an offensive or defensive head coach. He was a special teams coach, which is very unique that a special teams coach becomes a head coach. But the name Harbaugh and the job that he has done is, uh, you know, you know, that goes without saying. It seems to be the trend in the NFL that offensive head coaches, innovative guys, are having more success and more playoff success. Andy Reid, incredibly innovative. Kyle Shanahan, incredibly innovative. Sean McVay, Sean McVay, offensive head coach, incredibly innovative. Mike McDaniel, look what he's done with the Dolphins in that offense, offensive head coach. It just seems to be the trend in the NFL, and until we see it go the other way, I'm going to buy into it. One last one here on an NFL front from Graham at Karajong. Hi, Dick. What contract value are you hearing Jordan Love will get? Oh, man. Well, Jordan Love has earned himself a lot of money this season, particularly in the, in the last half of the season. Because in the first half of the season, people were talking about Jordan Love losing his job at the end of the year, and this was going to be a one-year uh, starting, uh, starting situation for him. Uh, he is under contract for next year. But usually when there's only one year left on a quarterback that you want to hold on to, you're probably going to restructure that contract at the end of the year. I don't think Jordan Love has done enough to prove that he should be a top five, top six paid quarterback in the NFL. But if if the Packers can get him for somewhere between what the Seahawks paid Geno Smith, which is about $25 million a year, to what the elite guys are making, the $50 million, if he can get somewhere in the 30s, million dollars a year on a four or five year contract i think that's i think that's reasonable for what for what he's shown let's have a bit of a look at the golf dick what about this young amateur nicholas dunlap winning oh. the american express what'd you make of it well i didn't think he was gonna hold on guys i mean how can you expect a 20 year old amateur even with a four shot lead going into sunday to to not collapse and he just showed so much maturity, guys. And, you know, and, and the guys around him started to collapse. It was Sam Burns, the veteran, who has won multiple times on the PGA Tour. The guy that I had, <laughs> that I had a win ticket on that goes in the water on both 17 and 18 when he's holding the lead. So it's the veteran that collapses. It's the 20-year-old amateur that, uh, that sticks the six-foot putt to win the thing. And he is incredibly talented, guys. Let's not, you know, uh, let's not think that this guy is coming out of nowhere. I mean, this guy is probably the next, you know, of that line of, you know, Spieth and Rom and those guys that come through the college ranks in the United States that that go on to very quick success and very quick multiple tournaments, potentially major championships over the first three or four years of their career, like a guy like Jordan Spieth was able to do. He's probably the biggest name coming out of college golf in the United States since Jordan Spieth. 
do you have any tips for us for Tory Pines? I do. I mean, I think this is we're finally going to get a tournament where one of the favorites wins. I mean, do you know that if you were to the odds to win each of the first three to hit the first three winners on the PGA Tour this year would have been one in one point two four million. If you would have hit the three winners, Chris Kirk, Grayson Murray and Nick Dunlap, uh, I think we will go back on this tough course at Torrey Pines. We'll go back to one of the favorites. Um, I like either of the two, Colin Morikawa or Xander Shoffley at the top of the board. If you go down a little deeper, how about our Aussies, huh? How about the old man Aussie and Jason Day? And how about the young Aussie in Minwoo Lee? I mean, this is a guy that is really, really talented, should fit this course very, very well. And, and I'm also sprinkling a little bit on uh, Sahith Tagala as well, who's also a, a very young, very, very talented uh, deep ball striker. So it's going to be fun this week in, in San Diego. It certainly is. It's been great to have you on the show as always and a lot to look forward to, Dick. We didn't even touch on Joel Embiid dropping 70 yesterday. <laughs> Jeez, he is a formidable force. But we'll chat again soon. See you, boys.